0: Hi there, you're listening to the Venture Builder Map podcast. My name is Andries DeVos. I'm the co-founder of Slash, a Singapore-based venture builder. Every week, I come together with brilliant minds to talk about how venture building is changing the way startups are incubated and corporate innovation is evolving.
1: Choose your investors super wisely. Of course, money gets people excited and you know you feel you're liked and, and a genius when people give you money, but it's okay to say no to money. In countries that are a bit smaller, I'm thinking of Myanmar, Pakistan, Cambodia, where I worked before. It's a perfect, perfect model to, um, to build startups that are resilient, that are stronger, um, that avoids the common pitfalls, the common failures. Now it's time to work to get the resources we need to continue the second chapter of the book.
0: My guest today is Valerian Fauvel, the co-founder of Jumanji Studio. Jumanji Studio is a Singapore-based startup studio building solutions to accelerate the world's transition towards a sustainable future. In this episode, we will talk about the company's philosophy, the challenges of the sustainability industry, best business models around sustainability, and how to grow a startup studio. Valerian, when you started Jumanji Studio, what is it that you understood that others didn't? What is the assumption behind Jumanji Studio that makes it work?
1: We understood um, that there was a real opportunity and a chance for a group of entrepreneurs to scale our skills and our ability to build things, to make things across not one, but across several startups. I think if I, if I take my own example, I was at a VC fund before starting Jumanji, and my background is more in uh, finance, fundraising, strategy, uh, reading markets. If I was going to do that in one single startup, I uh, I would... And I mean, that's where I can bring the most value uh, to any company at any stage. Uh, But at a startup that starts from nothing, realistically, I would spend what? 10 20 percent of my time on it Um, and then i would have to learn a lot of other things and that's fine some entrepreneurs get into entrepreneurship to learn about everything and and have this experience Uh, but at the same time if we were going to get in a in a setup where we can spend maybe 70 or 80 percent of our time where we're really good then uh, we'd still have a bit of this learning but we'd be a lot more efficient, um, with our time at building, you know, more startups. And when, when you, when your objective like at Jumanji is, you know, having as much impact as possible, then it makes sense to start looking at, okay, how do we together scale this? So that's, um, that's one. The second thing is I think there was a bit of a defense mechanism in creating, setting up ourselves as a studio in the impact space. And in particular in Asia where we started Jumanji, the ecosystem is really weak. There are not so many investors not so many incubators accelerators not that many entrepreneurs so you're a little bit alone by building a studio it's we, we we're, were building part of a, f- a failing ecosystem uh, we're replacing uh, the ecosystem that was missing um, and so we're, we were able to bring capital so that we don't need the um, basic you know love money uh, that some entrepreneurs need uh, we're able to look at you know, to be free to look at different themes in sustainability, uh, circular economy, different materials, climate change, and um, other stuff. We were able to surround ourselves uh, with you know what we call our community. It's it's today a group of uh, sixty uh, industry experts, entrepreneurs, investors that sort of like what we do and contribute in different ways. So we were able to build some stronger gravity around you know our purpose that we couldn't have done if we're, you know, pursuing one
0: single startup. Let's talk about economics. From beginning to end, how much money do you invest to successfully initiate and validate a startup idea until the point that you bring a CEO on board?
1: So the cap, we've we've put it at $200,000. We have money on average to put double that amount, but we're not going to do it until... Um, You know, there's a very thorough assessment of of why we're doing it. And the cap materializes in, okay, we want to do it. We can do it. And we ask our investors approval, actually our board's approval. So there's external people to solidify, making sure the decision is okay. Before that, we do what we want. And for me, it's a very important step, like to make sure having a cap like this it just ensures that we're not going to put all our resources in one or two startups and, and forget that we're a studio or we say it we're like okay finish game over we just go with one and that's it but then then at least we say it. so this way we're honest to the strategy then then how we spend you know from from zero to this I would say then there's a so going backwards so there's the two hundred then ideally we raise funds for that startup and we reach financial independence for the startup before we reach this at which point uh well then the studio doesn't need to invest further in the company uh, and we keep those unallocated resources more tactically as a shareholder uh is there you know crisis that's coming and the the company needs a bridge is there a reason why we would want to defend our ownership a bit more by a few shares during the round Uh, this kind of thing so so this pool of funding, which is we see it that's quite significant. So it's, you know, twice as much as our cap. Um is there, yeah, really for tactical allocations. But uh, but it's gonna be needed for sure. For now the the most we've invested in one startup is ninety thousand US dollars. We've been super, super careful with our funds. For for a few reasons. One is we don't have so much. We raised half a bit over half a million dollars the first time around. We um, we know we're in a space where there's not as much funding as as in others. So we're not in deep tech. We don't have so much access to. The type of investors and grant funding that goes for R&D, these kind of things. So we've really had to build lean in our, in our mindset for, um, better or worse. And so we're, we're just, yeah, we're just very careful. I would say there's a few steps in the, in the validation. One is, do we like the idea enough? And do we have the first client for this, uh, potential company that we incorporate? And in a way, incorporating in Singapore, I mean, it costs a few hundred dollars, but it is a huge milestone for I mean, it means like we're in the mood of opening a bank account, signing a contract with someone that's going to work for the company and be our co-founder, inject money, not from the studio directly, but just, you know, it invest money from the studio in the startup and then run the startup running its own operation. I think we do this up to maybe $20,000 when, you know, we're like, okay, we, we build a company that we like, we have the first clients, the product, the MVP is okay. We're not shy to pitch this company. In in what we do, $20,000 is feasible uh, because we don't, we don't do deep tech or this kind of things. And then there's really a step where we're like, okay, at this point, do we invest more in it? So will we go to the hundred or the two hundred? Yeah, it's it's where this where we we have. I mean, for me, it's the high risk time. Yeah. Okay, do we do we really? Yeah. Do we do we have like? I don't want to say heavily. It's still not a lot of money for startups, but it's it's a lot of money for us, and it's a commitment to uh, of the studio to one company. And each startup in which we've invested more than ten or twenty thousand dollars, there's been this moment where like. Okay, what do we do? We keep it on a super stealth mode with zero, and see what happens. Or we like, okay, now we need more money because we got to pay bills, we got to invest a bit, and and we we're like, we make this commitment, and we go.
0: So you and I had a brief conversation about the possibility of creating subsidiary labs. Like, yes. how, how do you see that model?
1: Yeah, that's that's really um, um, through scaling our team operationally to be able to do a few things. One is have a bigger impact on our startups, more directly from the studio, scale our team, so and our ability to operate across a few more startups, so maybe five to seven, we can do a few more this way. Labs themselves would, be, would have some degree of independence and so would have the potential to become their own startup in a way. And so the same way you build a studio in circular economy, you can build growth team or a growth company. You can build a product developer in in um, in, in the space with good credentials and track record. This setup really excites us, and this is our plan for once we've raised funding to scale our team this way. Um, we really want to test it. We're really convinced about it. And we think we can find the right people as well that have the right mix of, um, you know, industry expertise, you know, a bit of a willingness to start their own thing, uh, but also comfortable being less scalable type of startup. I would say more consulting type of startup.
0: As Jumanja Studio becomes bigger, does it get easier or harder to run for you? Do you feel like you're starting to push the business downhill and you're getting momentum? Or is it the opposite you feel like you're you need to push more and more uphill?
1: For me it's more a valley thing. So now now we're uphill because we're we're six month, eight months after our first fundraising round. Um so we have A bit less money and we've built more startups so resources and 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 needs start being a little tense um so it's it's really uphill a little stressful and all this you know we hope will be alleviated when we raise our second round downhill thing was yeah just after our first round we're like okay now we we have a house we have we're established we have visibility for 12 18 maybe 24 months uh if the crisis goes too bad uh, and and we can have fun. So we, we um, you know, we're, we're just out of that period of fun where we build three new startups. We have, you know, we know what we want to do with them. We're super excited about it. And, and uh, this thing where, okay, now it's time to work to get the resources we need to continue the second chapter of the book.
0: Okay, so here's my favorite. What do you look for in your CEO's founders? How do you measure it? How do you quantify those traits you're looking for? Do you have any heuristic rules you've come up with so far?
1: For me, energy was what came first. I need to feel like that person has the energy to carry a business, a vision, to lead a team for a fairly long time. Yeah, just you know, to, to carry this load of being a CEO. Um, so super important in in our case, very strong alignment on the values and and why we're doing this. All our entrepreneurs have demonstrated um, a huge engagement on building something that's that's that has a different purpose, which is building a business and making money very clearly. Strong willingness to work, understanding that it's not going to be easy. you know having a strong drive and and not counting hours is super important. And we sort of test this early on. Like we, we we never start a relationship with a CEO without trying and see. Okay, maybe try to do this. Think about that. Come back to us, and then we see if they are able to start the machine on their own and, and they get back to us and challenge us. And and then they don't. They have the inner drive, not responding to our um, drive. So we really test this. Obviously. Ability to grow, but I would say uh, we can take some risk there. We accept that we're not hiring Steve Jobs all the time. We compensate this with uh, maybe a larger equity share for us at the beginning, so that we can have the munitions to the to bring on other people down the road. Um, we don't we don't ask fund, uh, our co-founders to invest in the business, and they in in our case they tend to be first-time entrepreneurs though it's not always true their experience needs to be someone relevant to that business ideally complementary to the skills we bring in the studio so you know as a a good match for the team then how do we assess it it's really spending as much time as possible throwing them in the pool a little bit see if they swim see if they if, if if the chemistry is right we put a huge emphasis on challenge like Someone challenging us, asking questions, pushing us, we, for us, is the best sign that uh, we've got CEO material for that business.
0: I'm curious, what models of startup studios do you find interesting out there and why?
1: I've always been fascinated by this idea of like they are a little bit like um, Rocket Internet, you know, like they are one model you can replicate a million times and all the time better, better and better. Uh, there's kind of something boring about it, but, um, you know, I think there, there's beauty in like pure execution. Uh, of this and then we're not taking that route where we're we're being a bit more uh, lateral about what we do but um I think it's interesting um and maybe uh, later down the road when we you know we all have our experience and and we've learned enough we can um, work this way when your goal is to have a, a tangible impact the idea that you can you know scale it billion fold is kind of exciting I find this idea of startup studio in underdeveloped ecosystem for startups, being the right, a very good way to um, innovate in, in countries that are a bit smaller. I'm thinking of Myanmar, Pakistan, Cambodia, where I worked before. I think it's a perfect, perfect model to, um, to build startups that are resilient, that are stronger, um, that avoids the common pitfalls, common failures.
0: Paint me a picture. What will business building and venture building look like in, say, 15 years from now?
1: Venture building for me, there's really startup studios that do their own thing. And there's this more of a service aspect of it, which is do it with corporates. So we've initially toyed with uh, the the corporate model and decided not to do it. Um, So we're really on the side of things where, okay, we do our own thing. Uh, with entrepreneurs, uh, but we don't work for other people. Which is my interpretation of corporate venture building. So, in in that model, uh, we, we've looked at you know the existing models, and we've looked at how how we could build our own, uh, or where on the scale we, we we want it to be, or we thought we should be. So, we, we've decided we would do less startups and better and own more of it. Um, so, at this point, the way we the, the way we see our first four or five years is really build a portfolio of five to seven startups out of, you know, maybe 2025, 20, we've tried and, and thought about. Um, and we need to find a way to reject quickly the wrong ideas, uh, but basically really focus our efforts on five to seven. Uh, in these five to seven, there's, you know, there are those that are going to be a bit more advanced and those that, that come later. For now, we're on this path. So with the first year, we had two startups. Now, one of them is financially independent. So it has his own team. It has his own investors. It doesn't require capital from the studio. And so we're we're one co-founder of it, not an investor anymore. Uh, another one is going to get there soon. So that's, you know, the first year. Build these two, I think we've really rejected five or seven ideas. And then as those were building, so year two this year, then we've also, because things were a bit slow, we, we've built three more that are much uh, younger. They're barely incorporated. Uh, we have a, a CEO person for them. Actually, two of them, we have a CEO. Uh, we have an MVP, early clients. So this this type of stage, and we haven't invested a lot in them. Uh, if things go well, we don't need to add a lot more. Things are not going to be perfectly worse. So, so we'll have room to uh, add uh, a few. But basically from there, then we have really three choices for me. Today, I can't tell you what it's going to be. Uh, in the end, I think the ideal vision for us is uh, to have four or five successes out of this, get maybe uh, one or two to an exit quickly if we're lucky, recycle this capital and keep doing this forever. For, for fun, I, I tell our investors, you know what, I mean, our plan is to exit one company, repay you, exit you, and then we never speak to investors ever again. <laughs> so let, let's hope it happens. Uh, and that again would be ideal uh, because we, we can both have latitude to build new businesses on a regular basis and have this thrill and of invention and creation and and building something but at the same time have time which I I really like a lot like going deep into a business into a market in reality there's two other possible scenarios one is that you know one of those companies become not the unicorn but but uh, but the one that really works so well and and then then we kind of become not a studio anymore we're just a holding company for shares of that really big valuable company. We we don't want this, but I think it could happen. Um, and then there's a third scenario which we're, we're not really set up for today, but I think is in the cards because if we look at what we've achieved, I think we've we've proven we can take company from zero to a credible stage. We have a track record of like two plus three times this and we can do it again. And maybe we'll will hit a wall and say okay, actually At some stage, we can't add enough value to our startups. And so we should work differently, lower our ownership of them, lower our investment in them, and then reallocate those resources into doing new startups.
0: If you could have a massive billboard with some advice for anyone trying to build an extra manager studio, what would it say?
1: The first big decision, I think, if you're in the impact space is you've got to decide, you've got to decide if you're going to do it with investor money or if you've got to do it with grant money. And the kind of impact themes you can address, depending on the type of capital you go raise, uh, is quite different. I mean, I was in the social impact space before, so poverty alleviation. I could not do a studio with doing like early stage social enterprises with, Investor money. I mean, it would be a lie. I would need a lot more time and a lot more funding. The only way to do it is with grants. I believe. I hope it won't be the case one day, but today um, I don't. So, so that's the first big question: uh, what what kind of impact you want to have and think you want to have? Obviously, grants is super hard. Um, so that would be question number one. I mean, there is some complexity in a studio that you don't have in a startup. Defining the rules. Of how the this the, the startup the studio is going to function, is quite important. So it's quite important to to write all this and to treat yeah to treat your governance very seriously. Uh, more I, almost more as a fund than than as a as a startup. For me, for each startup, there's a or for each founding team, there's a component of okay, I've done this before. I'm going to execute. So I'm not in learning mode. I just do better and more of what I've done in the past, and I build value from this. There's a part of learning, like how much out of comfort zone do I go to learn discover and build a new kind of value I didn't know existed. It's interesting to decide in what camp you are. Because yeah, if you if if you only do discovery, it's very dangerous and <laughs> there's a chance you lose it all. If you only do execution, you might get bored. Choose your investors super wisely. Of course, money gets people excited and you feel you're liked and a and genius when people give you money. But the fact is that you work for your shareholders in a way. You don't want to work. No one wants to work for assholes. No no one wants to, you know, deal with especially, I mean, it's a private equity, right? So people are around for real and they can bother for real. Um, So, you know, it's okay to say no to money. Yeah, be prepared to do it. <laughs> Uh, or at least seek those investors like you kind of like and, and and work really on them.
0: Thank you for listening. If you found this discussion valuable and don't want to miss any future episodes, go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, search for the VBMAP podcast and subscribe.